0: Yo, what's good? It's your girl, Drea G. It's your girl, The Black Rose. And we are the Grits. We are checking in live in full effect. How's the week been? It's been hot as hell. It has. You know what? A lot of people, they don't be thinking that New York City gets hot. But now you even know that fat meat is greasy.
1: You're like, why is
0: it so humid? It's because they're by a body of water, just like Houston. It's
1: terrible, y'all. I was like sweating so bad. Wow. and I-
0: I wear makeup because I
1: got like a lot of hair, you know, my face. Uh, I'm a a hairy person. So I be trying to cover up my mustache. Child,
0: You know what? I uh, appreciate Tasha's transparency, her authenticity at all times. So, you know, if you out here in these New York streets, it would behoove you ladies if you have some makeup wipes. Right. Just let the mustache be free at this point, child. Let it be free. And on that note, we're going to do our check-in. You know, we got to do our roll call now weekly. We got to shout out to our fellow grits across the different states, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Tennessee, or Texas. Shout out to all our, shout out to all the grits across the globe. Shout out! So, how was your week? My work week has been cool. The weekend was cool, but you know what? The news that I have is that you know I'm back to basics. I went back to my little shortcut. Yes, you know, Holly Berry. I I don't know more so like Andrea Hill, <laughs> but uh, I would love Holly's money. She's a beautiful woman, even at fifty plus. But you know when they say a woman cuts her hair, you know she's gonna change her life. That's how I'm feeling. My birthday is a couple of months out, so we're gonna see what's on the horizon. What's up right. with you, girl? I got new hair too, girl.
1: I got I got a new wig, child. I got my Beyonce wig. I'm about to y'all about to see me during the Beyonce concert next month with that too, girl. About to be Sasha fierce around yes. this piece. Mm-hmm. So side note, y'all. Me and Drea was out these past two weekends and we went to a party. My homeboy had like some party for his college. I think he went to Lincoln or whatever. And we was walking away from the party and we saw this white girl. Child. (laughs) So this white girl, we see her on the street and she begging for cash, child. And, you know, I don't give cash to white people y'all I'm just gonna be real like I don't I just, have I,
0: anything
1: I, I don't do that shit they got all the privilege in the world right. like, I ain't what, about to donate no money to their asses. shit with the
0: black people of course I tell yes. them that you I, I get
1: black people I know I get black people money child when I see them on the street especially elder homeless black people
0: but she was a young white woman she was young and what mm-hmm. happened Drea, after that you know we saw her we was coming back from a party we had a good old time did she look a little grungy well, I'm, she was a little grungy looking like she she looked a little grungy. But to be honest, now that we know the deal is probably staged. Anywho, we saw her sitting down on a sidewalk with some signage in in one instance and then two blocks down, we see she done caught up with her home girl. She done ditched that sign. They asked getting in the line for a club.
1: Now, that was the crazy shit. We should call her ass out and put her on a podcast. Y'all. We should took some film and shit.
0: Child, she tried it. I don't give my money to these folks no way. Because let me tell you something. If I'm out here with a sign, are y'all going to be helping me? Okay. Anywho, <clears throat> that was a lesson. So just you got to look beyond surface because people be out here lying. All right. All right. Well, this is going to bring us to our pour up and toast it up of the week. Y'all know how we do. Every week we talk about about five topics. Uh, that we rate one to five of what's going on, and then obviously sometimes we gotta give a bless your heart to a couple of the slow people at the back. So what we got going on this week, Tosh?
1: So number one, I just want to uh, shout out to my my girl, my little sister Kiki Palmer. So I'm shouting out to Kiki because you know we all know the situation that she went in with uh her baby daddy who didn't marry her ass and want to talk shit about her and how she was dressing, but you know we saw her in a um a video with Usher Tootsie Rolling and Electra Slide and and mm-hmm. um video and I'm like damn girl she really utilized that moment of that hate that her baby daddy gave her
0: to like help with her career. You know Kiki Palmer gonna keep a bag. You know, she is like the queen of knowing how to remix some bad publicity and turn it for her good. You know, my girl is a chameleon. Period. You know, she
1: low-key remind me of like a young version. Don't kill me for this. But I feel like she can turn into like a Angela Bassett or a Loretta Divine. What's that one lady that was uh, with... She's very extra. She's an older auntie that's very extra
0: in, in a lot of movies. Shell. Not
1: Shirley Ralph. Not okay, her. I know who
0: you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I just... Her name is Jennifer.
1: Jennifer Lewis. You're right. It's Jennifer Lewis. It's
0: Jennifer Lewis. I was, you know, I was kind of there. So, shout out to Kiki Palmer because, you know what? I feel like a lot of women sometimes lose themselves... When they step into motherhood and she's somebody that has just been very vocal. I think since dropping her baby, that's just like, Hey, this new and improved. Like, I feel like this gave me a new superpower. So shout out to her for stepping into it. All right. Number two, what we got
1: Afro punk. So Afro punk is going on this weekend. We've been there since the beginning of Afropunk when it was free. I wish it was still free, child, because it's extra now. But I just want to give a shout out for that longevity in the game and the diversity that Afropunk brings and the community that Afropunk brings. So shout out to
0: them. Girl, I haven't been to Afropunk, like, in years. Like, I feel like I went the very first show, and this is when it was, like, at Commodore Park. that let you know how long ago it was. Mm. Yeah, I
1: uh, yeah I, I've been there uh, before COVID I used to go every single year but the lineup just I ain't really feeling like this year's lineup so you next know, time I'll be an Afropunk I'll be a vendor child
0: because it's always been that eclectic group too you know I've been more of a oh I want to go to Hot 97 Summer Jam or I want to go to Governor's Ball and so but shout out to Afropunk going on alright so that's going to bring us to number three we're toasting it up to Tyler Perry. Yeah, you know Tyler Perry.
1: I just wanted to give him a shout out for even trying to buy BT. He wasn't able to purchase. He put two billion dollars down, mm-hmm. and I think they wanted three billion. But just for a black man to be able to put two billion dollars down to try to purchase uh, BT, I think that's amazing. And, and shout out for him, like going forward and trying to bring us back our black network.
0: Yeah, man. Shout out to Siler, our fellow grits. All right. So that's going to bring us to number four. I'm actually I don't know if y'all going to feel me on this, but I found a new Netflix obsession and it's called Down for Love. And it follows like these New Zealanders that have Down syndrome. Oh, lord! And they looking for love. And you know what? After watching, I'm not all the way through the season. But you know what? It's no excuse. And so even with today's episode, the things that we talk about, you know, these people, they missing chromosomes. But guess what? They're not missing the capacity to love and the fact that they want to be loved. Like, y'all, no, you got to like, yo, you got to really watch it. Like, I mean, it's just something I'm trying to tell y'all do yourself a favor and watch Down for Love on Netflix and it's going to really ground you. Like, I promise you. You going to hell. I I swear to God. You said
1: missing chromosomes, child. You going to hell, Well, when you
0: have Down syndrome, don't, is it, it's an extra chromosome? I don't know. (laughs) Shit, I ain't a scientist. Don't judge me, y'all. Right. Well, they are missing a chromosome, okay? And what I'm simply saying is from watching it, I got sheer joy and just at the simplicity of human nature. And just deep down, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody deserves to be loved. And if you watch it, we're going to watch an episode. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Like, nah, it was like dope. I promise you, I'm not bullshitting.
1: Y'all drew a whole damn lie. Because that man, when I was trying to hook you up with that man that had the cane. Girl, shut up. You was hating on the man with the cane, child. He, you wasn't going for the man with the cane. He child. tried to hook himself up.
0: Him. He didn't need you to to be middle woman. But you was hating him, child. You was I wasn't. Him. If he if he hit me up, I I'd holler. What's good? Holler at me. <laughs> okay. Anywho, if y'all if y'all you know got some downtime, watch Down for Love on Netflix. It really is kind of heartwarming, like for real. All right, that's gonna bring us to number five. You know what? We are toasting it up to my fellow Dallasite, you know, our Texas girl, Shakari Richardson. She got some flack a couple of years back, kind of dealing with the death of her mother. Uh, You know, you had Team America kind of penalize and punish her because of marijuana in her system. And today your girl is back. Uh, She actually took away the gold medal for the... The 100 meter race at the World Championship. So she beat out her, you know, her long competitors, long competition, Jamaica team, Jamaica. So shout out to all of the women, you know, all these women of color that are out competing for their various countries. But definitely shout out to my girl from my hometown, Dallas, Texas, Shakari Richardson.
1: Shout out her. They was hating her ass too. I ain't like that shit. Like, people was t- joking on her after she lost her mom. And, yeah, she she was going through a lot. And mm-hmm. I ain't like that. And I'm happy that she overcame because God had her and her mama
0: had her. So, shout out to my sis. And she's young. She got such a good head on her shoulder. She said something this week. It was just like, you know, I was there when the world was, you know, all with me and cheering and rooting for me. And then when they kind of turned it around on a dime. And this girl is only, like, 22, so shout out to her. Congrats to her. Give that girl her flowers. All right. That's going to bring us, you know, to the bless your heart, because of course we can't have the good without the bad. And you know, it's a it's a lot of tomfoolery going on out here. So we got a couple of bless your hearts this week. What you kicking it off to? So I'm going to bless my heart
1: to climate change because like all the people out here that don't believe in recycling, and don't believe in planting trees and saving our planet like just recently it's, it was a hurricane uh, the other day in california i think it's still
0: it's occurring still... right now
1: that shit i was looking at videos and it is tearing up south uh, california and it's sad like it is really I thought bad it
0: never rained in southern california we don't need that child
1: people are dying sis. I- we don't need that. It's, it's sad out here. I had to check up on my friends in L.A. They said it's not like bad, bad right now in L.A., but South California is really bad.
0: Mm, you know, we got to we can't just be blaming climate change, though. We kind of got to blame the humans that are occupying this planet. What are we doing? And, and, and how are we helping to eradicate some of the things that we've already put into place?
1: Well, New York is doing our job. They make us recycle every damn thing out here. Everything we got to recycle. That it's, the other, it's the southern states that don't damn recycle at all.
0: We recycle at home. My daddy in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and we separate our shit. I don't, we doing our part for the planet. I don't know what y'all doing in Houston and Galveston and what y'all got washing up in y'all seas. But y'all some fucking dirty it up water. for all of us. <laughs> shit. That's now some dirty that ass water.
1: It. That's some dirty water out there. Don't be in Galveston Water child. That's right,
0: because y'all niggas don't recycle apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, on the heels of you, you know, blessing your heart to climate control and climate change. I'm actually blessing the heart of these vile human beings out of Mississippi. I don't know if anybody's heard this. Um, my sister brought this to, to my attention and that's because they were actually found guilty earlier this month but according to pbs.org six white former Mississippi law officers pleaded guilty to state charges on Monday this was dated August 14th, 2023 they pleaded guilty to state charges on Monday for torturing two black men in a racist assault All six had recently admitted their guilt in a connected federal civil rights case. So each reached individual plea agreements. These people, they all went away. These six officers uh, with sentences ranging from five years to 30 years, but some really vile shit. And I don't know just how many of us knew about it, but you know, just bless your heart. I don't know what they got going on in Mississippi. You know, we're going to get into a topic later in the show, but we can't be at odds with one another because it's too many people that are out here that really mean us no good. And right. so this is still taking place in in Southern states. This was in 2023, not in 1923, just the reports of what even took place. One of the guys, he was shot in the mouth by these officers. What? Like it was... Yes, this was in Mississippi. No, I hope they go to jail. Child. I we need to do some black magic on their asses. Fuck that. There, that's what I was saying. Man, so they get real fucked up. Everybody has sentences ranging from five years to 30 years. Five years ain't enough. They need they need death penalty. Shit. Mm. So um again, so bless these people's hearts. People gotta really, really look within themselves and exercise the demons that they got going on because yeah. Right, so today that's gonna bring us to our Southern Sound off topic, and you know, so this is the topic and segment where us Southerners we give our perspective on a particular topic of the week, and this week we are talking about the rise of the male podcast, Shout. and podcasters and the prevalence and some of the talk paths coming to fruition as, you know, more of these podcasters pop up and they share their opinions. But we thought it would be really cool to just kind of dissect from a woman's standpoint tonight some of the same things that these male podcasters talk about, these themes of things, you know, where we are seeing sound bites online and getting heated because of the wordplay and the stuff, the train of thought, all right? Right. And a lot of times I feel like they have a theme. We tend to hear over and over feminine versus masculine energy and shows around that and, and men telling women we're to this or we're not enough that. Or, you know, maybe they're talking about paying for dates. You know, right. Things that, that really rile us up because now we're talking about finances and now it's all all women are gold diggers and now they all expect you know, this, this in the world, okay? And then lastly, we hear a lot about gender expectations. Um, And so just kind of getting a dialogue around what's expected these days, what's not, now that women have more independence, should these gender roles exist?
1: Right, right. So, like, recently I saw, like, a sermon from Devon Franklin. Is that his name, girl? Megan Good, ex-husband, child? Devon Franklin. Devon, mm-hmm. child. I don't even know child. But anyway, so um, he sparked this whole conversation from talking about Adam and Eve. So he was saying how Adam needed Eve. He was lonely out here on Earth and how... They used his rib to create Eve and Eve was whole, but Adam wasn't whole. So he's trying to use that to say that, you know, y'all women out here don't really need a man. So all it was all this back and forth between men and women in the comments. So that sparked me to thinking about this. You know, what really has led to a lot of these men versus woman podcast debates which a lot of people hate like a lot of my friends when we took our little break from the podcast Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends was like y'all need to come back because y'all wasn't on this whole crazy shit that a lot of these male podcasters been talking about y'all was different
0: friendly stuff
1: so I feel like a lot of this stuff originated from of course Kevin Samuels he actually fueled the flame but -hmm. before Kevin Samuels I feel like it started from Steve Harvey, Mm y'all. So Steve Harvey, you know, he was writing these books. A lot of black women purchased his books. Right. And then he created a movie. So he kind of used this whole, you know, black woman being single thing to make money.
0: Me personally, I rather purchase a book from Lori Harvey. That's just me.
1: So, you know, Black women, we spend the most money on beauty. So we spend about $7.5 billion on beauty annually, according to Nielsen, right? And then also, you know, Black women, we spend the most money on self-help books. So if we're spending the most money on self-help books and we're spending the most money on beauty care in terms of self-improvement or whatever, what does that say? That says that it's a market for people to make money off a black woman. So you can make money off a black woman off of you know self-care, self-help. That's why we're all constantly reading different books on what can we do to be better as people. And that's also why most motivational speakers are men. And that's the crazy thing is if mostly women are buying self-help books, if we're the consumers, why is that most men are the motivational speakers?
0: Right. Because they doing all the damage. So I'm not buying no more of these wolf tickets that they selling to us. Waste the money, child. They they inflicting the pain on us. And then they double backing and they making a profit by speaking and writing books to us. Look at Derrick Jackson's ass. Look at his ass. Shit, before him, you know what? Derrick Jackson, uh, Rob Senior Hill had to run so Derek could fly because he was the first one, I feel like. All them quotes back in the day about loving yourself, it was a guy by the name of Rob Senior Hill. And the only reason why I know him or he sticks out, because I don't even remember what his face looks like, but I, I did read that him and Latoya Luckett had married and she had divorced him or they had got divorced. But oh he was creeping and shit. I don't know if he was trying creeping, to tell us about our love life and shit. Or Man. if it just didn't work, but but she definitely pieced him out. So I don't know. Well,
1: long story short, all I'm saying is they create these podcasts and their book authors to get money off a of black woman.
0: Good book authors, because are they really like vetted or are these like Oh, I can put out my own books via Amazon or. I need to
1: get my mama and daddy to write a damn book. Maybe they'll make some
0: money for the family. Player made of the year productions. Like, like, where are they publishing this at? But anywho. So you said a mouthful. You talk about women. We spend a lot for for us to look good. uh, Cosmetically, physically. Uh, We spend money to do self help type of stuff and do that type of work. But you don't see these same markets for men. You don't see a lot of Mm -hmm. self help books that are geared towards men. I do feel like society has capitalized on black women being portrayed in such a way, right? Girl, girl, for us not having a certain standard of beauty or whatever the case may be, or whatever their thoughts are. First of all, even before getting into like kind of where we are right now with podcasts and the digital age, I think that shit is mad accessible. That's number one. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like everybody that can purchase a mic uh, that can purchase a kit that has a, a laptop, just like assholes. We all got opinions, you know, and I just feel like this is the stage and era that we're in right now. Even if we just kind of peel back, even before getting to where we are right now in present day 2023. I feel like for a long time, and I feel like if we just kind of sit back and assess, society has been at war on black families since our arrival in this country, um, since our inception, throughout our history and i know that it looks a lot different right now right this we're it's a totally you know it's totally different than 400 years ago mm. um but at the same time we still have some some same nuances we still have some psychological things that we are working through as a people and right now versus working through it we're kind of we're not working in tandem we're working against one another so I feel like you have been able to get the spurn or the, the uptick of these podcasts of these people talking about these conversations. But again, I just go back to black people like as a, as a community, as a union, as a family unit, since we've gotten into this country, we've they've been at war on us. Whether we're talking about slavery, whether we're talking about Jim Crow, whether we're talking about the civil rights movement and everything that you know our people had to kind of endure and 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 fight against during that period to even the crack epidemic that took place in the 80s into the 90s and you know wreaked havoc in our communities I say all that to say, again, I feel like it's deeper than just kind of what we're seeing right now. And I just think that some of this stuff is just bubbled over into the surface. Also,
1: I just want to add with Black people, what you just said, we also been battling stereotypes and um, based off of how we look since the beginning of time, it has caused a lot of discrimination and a lot of podcasters have been kind of like
0: fueling off of that, off of these stereotypes that Black people have. Yeah, we've definitely for centuries uh we've had psychological warfare, physical warfare on us. And so, I mean, yeah, it's going to come out in the wash if we haven't done the work to kind of rectify some of those traumas. So I just feel like now we've just gotten into a pattern especially with all of us having these online platforms and we see it, it's a trend, cancel culture. Whether it's council culture or just anyone that is just saying, spewing negativity online, it's just derisive communication rhetoric that is just further separating us. Again, going back to the Black community, the Black family, if we're not unified in our homes, there can't be any unification in our communities. There have been several instances, just even of late, where it's abuse of Black women I feel like we've seen that quote where they talk to, you know, the most disrespected, you know, person on the planet is the black woman. And we can continue... Malcolm X, child. You know, that's Malcolm X, child. Right. He's my king. And we continue to see different examples of this. From Meg Thee Stallion to Lizzo. I know we was just talking about Lizzo the other week. But... She was abusing bitches, girl. She was abusing women, But... Before, my, when she, before we found out they were right, talking shit but about my her. My thing is we don't even know all the way and I just people are so quick. People that were already saying vile things about her. Girl it, it was black woman that was saying that she been doing shit child. But you see just how easy like like people just believe that at face value. Mm. I believe black woman child. I don't believe white bitches but I believe black woman. Right. Okay Jada Pinkett uh, oh, they was
1: hating on her ass hard about you know, real know they'll,
0: they'll drag a black woman for filth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But a man, I'm talking about Fab, knocked out Emily's teeth. We ain't heard no more about that. Playboy Cardi, he yoked Iggy. Like, I feel like black women, they'll get drugged. But for men of color, they'll have a little bit more grace. Mm-hmm. But just even going back to the conversation, all right? So although we live in a society... Two, where I feel like uh, we're all more accessible with the digital age, especially like, you know, during COVID, the fact that we could all be connected with one another in different regions online, like when we was watching Versus and everything. Even though it's more accessibility now, I feel like we're more out of touch than ever. Oh. I don't know. And I'm not a person that does online dating, but -hmm. there are some people that will go out and they feel like I can't find a connection out here, but I can go online and I feel more comfortable to do it that way. Right. Is that That's something? Cause I don't cool do online dating. Is that something, or I know that you've kind of looked at that before. I think it's very kind of, you know, uncomfortable,
1: Honestly, and I feel like a lot of these podcasters, they, a lot of these niggas probably be online
0: dating. They probably too scared to approach women in real life. And I'm bringing this up for a reason because you told me about the fact that you have seen male friends of yours that be all out in public, but you also see them online on dating profiles. Mm -hmm. And you just like, this is why they don't want to do nothing because... They out and about in everybody's face, but yet they're going online too to really like close the deal. Mm, I think they
1: scared to approach women in real life. That's the thing. I think it's a lot of pressure. A lot of men have told me it's a lot of pressure on their asses. Um, that's why they be all, not all of them, but a lot of them be bitter child.
0: Okay. So, and I'm I'm working my way up to that because, you know, what's led to these conversations to where it's like aimed at women, black women online dating is one aspect to where like i said even though we're more accessible than ever we're still like out of reach connecting with like one on one is just Harder these days for whatever reason. So another thing that I feel like has led to the men versus female podcast debates are, to be totally honest, I think there are some gaps in our educational and business advancement. You trying to call niggas slow child, you ain't shit. And maybe that wasn't the best phrasing, but I feel like when it comes to the rate at which black women are getting degrees, doing secondary school and getting doc. Doctor- degrees and things like that. Black women for the past decade, we have held the trend. And Mm. so according to News 1, Over nearly the past decade plus, black women have been overachieving in the classrooms. So according to a report by the National Center for Education Statistics that was released in 2020, the most recent year, the data was made available. It's just saying that between 2018 and 2019, black women made up 68% of associate degrees, 66% of bachelor degrees, 71% of master's degrees, and 65% of doctoral, medical, and dental degrees. We're making this great traction and we have all these high statistics, but when it comes to our counterparts being there right now in different instances, you know, we got a disconnect. And I think that some of the disconnect lies in the fact that, some of our counterparts are not rising to the occasion. They're not meeting us where we're at. So I feel like those gaps with us being on par in certain areas, I feel like they create deficit. You know, they create these pockets of different things. So going away from education and things like that, just now even just going to unresolved personal traumas that some of our men and some of our women, we don't have the skills to work through. And we're not accepting of the fact that we may need help. Maybe not everybody that we've tried to enter a relationship is the problem. You know, maybe we gotta do the work on ourselves and fix some of those deficits in ourselves so that we can move forward at our best. I don't know. That's my thoughts kind of yeah. on it.
1: I don't know if it's so like going back to your education and I'll come back to what you're talking about with personal traumas. I don't know if that black men are not rising to occasion. I'm not trying to like, I don't like to call it that. I'm just saying education. overall, when
0: we're looking at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, meeting
1: us at our type of educational state, that's more so. But I do definitely agree <laughs> in terms of if, if you have two different people from two different walks of life and in two different types of education backgrounds, then definitely like you're going to have two different point of views on different things. So I definitely see that. But also going to personal traumas, like I don't know if it's stats on this, but I do feel like I know more Black women in therapy than Black man. So I feel like a lot of black men that I know of, I got friends, they may talk about things where they were like from back of the day where girls did this and they'll stereotype women in general, based off of situations that happened to them when they were in high school. As for a woman, all my friends go to therapy. Like they have been done dirty in high school, college, but they don't like just stay on that,
0: those different moments. Right. And I think that this time has brought about this. I was talking to my dad the other day. And he says something that rings so true, and it's just that the times that we live in they shape our reality. That just goes to say that I'm not down in them because you know they may not be where the women are. That's okay because we can still complement each other. We can still add to one another. But the thing is, I feel like more women are more prone to go do the work, go talk to professionals, whereas men maybe they're not as prone. And so when you ask about how this rock of these podcasts came about you know this is kind of their therapy if you think about it oh
1: child they need a real because who else
0: are they talking to like they're like they ain't going to
1: church anymore child like they don't even talk to pastors I go to church a lot of Sundays and it's always mostly women in church and are
0: boys really talking about these like deep emotional things with one another no exactly
1: like I got a homeboy that was married that was telling me some real shit like about marriage life he said a lot of his homeboys they don't really Talk about What goes on In their marriage With each other Like how women we, we talk about everything Oh yeah this happened What do you think About this girl
0: Well this Man did this We shouldn't be Like when you're married I don't think that You should be letting Your friends No
1: your... Married friends I'm not talking about Single people Like right. you know I do feel like When you're married You should talk To go to advice With other people Right but My homeboy was saying How like this married homeboys They don't really Communicate like that Like how women
0: Communicate with their friends So we got some takeaways from that. this is why we think that some of these things have come about. We don't have any spaces. We're not getting the right outlets, you know, to talk through some of these things. Like you said, these men may have encountered this and now it's stuck in their brain. Here we are having a whole podcast segment about this where in reality, if he would have worked through it in therapy, he may have got some different perspective about it. So you have that, those unresolved personal traumas and people just not really doing the work on themselves, never really seeing healthy examples and we see it all the time look a lot of people of color i come from a broken home in the sense that my parents divorced when i was young tasha has her two-parent household but sometimes you're not seeing a particular example those can create deficit that can create insecurities because you you haven't seen healthy practices of something so again you know that is all in line with the next thing that i would bring up is lack of self-awareness because if you're doing some of the work work with you know working through some of these traumas and these things that impacted you and imprinted on you at a young age, so now this is how you respond emotionally, or to your close relationships. You need to have a self awareness, and I feel like sometimes these men, or some of these people, are they're they're talking, and they don't even know themselves. So, what perspective can you give to me about doing anything? Again, it, it's doing that work, working through some of them traumas, having a good idea of self awareness, having a good sense of who you are, and then I think what's kind of broader about some of these topics to where i feel like we're at odds now i feel like there's a lack of accountability on both sides i feel like men and women have both played a role to get here i do child bye i'm on dr my side and i fought child i mean listen we're gonna respond just like the men we're gonna respond as women to to what is being presented and and vice versa so I say that there are some women that are and some men that are really bringing something to the table. But if it's not the right audience, it's not the right person then, you know, somebody may not get the the best impression from it. I don't know. That those are my thoughts. Again, a lot of this at odd stuff, I feel like it's still some some systemic stuff from slavery and I feel like now we're just at a day and age to where it's not just other people that are tearing us down I feel like we have this platform in this space to now where we're inwardly tearing each other down on these platforms
1: all right so you know what I was watching a video so I just want your intake on this so I was watching on Facebook I don't know if you watched Married at First Sight. I don't. Oh, God, that's a good show. Well, I stopped watching it because it was a lot of drama, child, with this one. You said it was toxic. Girl. No, it was just this one black girl that was with this dude from Atlanta. He called her ugly after he smashed her, child. It was mm. a lot. I was watching something on Facebook. It was a black girl. It was a beautiful black girl. And she asked her husband about if he would buy her a home. So not only did she ask him if he would buy her a home, she also asked him about if he would buy her a car. So this dude got real defensive. He was real really upset he was just like oh so you're gonna pay for the down deposit she was like no like my dad never did that and I know plenty of women that I married and their husband buy their home and we pay the other bills the whole show this dude was really upset it was like really mad upset at this girl mm. but she was just saying how well her dad did this and she kept emphasizing that her dad even when he talked to her friend she was like well that's how she was brought up so what's your idea on gender roles what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I have a a couple of things. So, you know, we're Southern. I I was raised by a man. My dad is from Texas. That's where my my roots are. When my parents split when I was young, I wasn't even a year old. I was with my dad primarily. And so they co-parented. And I just remember spending time between Dallas and Austin throughout my childhood years. So prior to that, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom with three little ones. So my parents, they were married for 10 years. They had three children at home. Then I came along. As far as gender roles go, that just kind of let you know. Said that my father was kind of the breadwinner. My mom stayed at home with the children when we were young. And so even when they split up, my father, as a man, he didn't have any choices. He had to raise his children. He had to get up. He had to make a living. So when it comes to things like that, I do believe in gender roles. Again, I was raised by, man so they were co-parenting but again I was primarily with my father and I guess for typical gender roles maybe that wouldn't even be ideal. you know that is kind of juxtaposed a man raising a woman versus the woman being with her mom but anywho like as far as gender roles like I said I, my dad is a southern man black man like it's no excuses people just got to do what they got to do and I believe in you know roles and and he believed in roles
1: so do you think that based on- off of how you were raised, you know, us living in New York, you know, people have different backgrounds. Do you think that affects like
0: how people view what women, what men should do in a relationship and in a marriage? For sure. Again, I go back to this. I feel like our times are really shaping our reality right now. And even though our parents, my dad, like that's baby boomer generation, you know what I'm saying? So the things that they had to come back the mindset that they came from is totally different than we're dealing with in this day and age. Like my dad, again, he grew up in the civil rights era. So again, that's a totally different mindset. The family unit was totally different. You know, we talk about this all the time. This is when our grandmothers and our grandfathers were staying together. It was no separation or, you know, but I, that's not necessarily true. I, I say that because- But my granddaddy left my grandma child. My dad, my granddaddy left my grandma too and he got married for the third time.
1: My grandpa was a rolling stone.
0: But but let me tell you though my grandma wasn't letting no grass grow under her feet. She kept a couple of them and she had a couple of children as a result. But I just say all that to say they came from a different time and an era to where it was all about even though we still had the the backlash from slavery. Again during the civil rights movement even the black panther party movement. It was all about black unity. You had couples, you had families that we're out there fighting for causes. And I feel like, especially in that time, roles, gender roles, was they were very pronounced. And even though we've had a lot of changes in society, yes, women are more educated. Yes, we're, we're making a lot more money these days. We're doing all these things. But at the end of the day, there are still very much roles when it comes to things. So for me, prior generations, my father, again, that's a different era. That's a different time. So that's what's naturally going to be imparted to me. What I see necessarily that's going on in this current generation Well, that's not how I grew up and that's how I was reared. So my principles and my mindset about it are going to be different. We came from people, they dealt with more adversity to work through as a whole. You know, again, our parents their reality was shaped by the times that they lived in. They had real shit going on. We got real shit going on, but we got some real bullshit going on too. Um, Societal perceptions. Gender roles are still very much prevalent because if a man and a woman have a child, guess what? The woman is still expected to be the nurturer. She's still going to be expected to be the primary caregiver. Right. She is still going to be the one expected to compromise, to carry children, to run a household, to rear those children, and she's still gonna have to tend to a partner's need as well as her own so
1: you know what my cousin she was telling me something that her mom told her you know before she had a baby she was saying that her mom told her when she was trying to conceive she said you know when you have a child you know have a child for you because at the end of the day it's going to be your child Yeah. Yes, you know, it's gonna be the man's child, but in the, the day it's gonna be your child and your responsibility. I was like, damn, like that's some crazy shit. She was like, have a child for yourself. Don't just be thinking about a man and having a family because if something happened, you just don't know these these guys, they don't have that. I can't stereotype they all don't men. Don't have that same yeah.
0: maternal yeah. instinct that we have, yep. and not all men are are the same. Because again, my father, he did what he had to do, and he, you know, raised me, reared me, and it he wasn't... was a real one, child. Right, and so that's and
1: he's single still.
0: He's single by choice. Yeah, he. Oh, is. he <laughs> could be
1: my child. I'm not too old for your daddy's
0: child. He, okay, and that's what I'm saying. Like he's a real one, and. You know, having these Southern roots, we grew up with roles, with, you know, with pronounced gender roles. We grew up with men opening doors, changing a tire for us, uh, Mm -hmm. pumping gas. You know what I'm saying? Girl,
1: do they do that? Like, have you ever had an experience living in New York City to where you feel like a man doesn't meet the
0: gender roles that, you dealt with in the South? Because I know I have child. Your partner or, you know, the people that are rallying off online, everybody's raised differently. Okay. So just even taking it back to our episode 44, Attached and Attacked, where we were talking about the different attachment styles and how those even kind of play into what's happening and, and why these podcasters are, you know, going off and talking to these certain things, these triggers within them, because we got all different attachment styles. And so this is how it resonated with me. So this is how I responded to it.
1: Well, you, you preaching her. I'm feeling that I'm feeling it, girl, especially with the whole gender roles child. So like you talked about a little bit of your parents, but yeah, definitely my parents have Created my thoughts on what a man should be and what a woman should be. Um, Just a little background on my parents, child. Everybody know, like my dad was a breadwinner as well. My parents were married almost forty years, and my dad, like speaking back to what we talking about, the girl from uh, the TV show Marriage at First Sight. My mom never bought a car a day in her life. When she first met my daddy, my daddy up there gave her his car, and they wasn't even married, Hmm. child. My dad is like the true definition of a southern man. A lot of these men, especially out here in New York, they may think my dad is a simp, but he's not a simp. That's, he's just but a gentleman. What, but
0: what is that? You know, only niggas that's not doing enough are calling men because real men, like, we're not really doing that. like that. And that's the only thing about this culture that I really detest. And I feel like the men here, they don't really know gender roles because they want to be the woman. They want to get the same treatment as the woman. I don't know. Not all of them. But yeah, bad bitches, child. Bad so, bitches unite. Yeah, I had
1: a dude went off like I had this dude I was having a conversation with and he was like going off on the fact that my daddy was paying all the bills like my dad has always paid the mortgage paid all the big bills my dad was the type of person to where growing up he drove the hoopty he made sure my mom drove the nice car like he made sure the kids were in a nice car and my dad didn't get a nice car until we damn near graduated from college and my daddy paid for my college so like coming from a family like that that's just what I I see what a masculine man is and what a definition of a man is. And living in New York, uh, my experience is dating men out here they have totally different perspectives, child. Like I have had mm-hmm. dudes bash me when I mentioned like, oh, well, my dad does this. They're like, I'm not your daddy. But bro, if you can't meet this uh, a similar standards of my dad, I don't think this is going to work out because you want me to meet a standard of how you was raised and you was raised quite frankly, like not giving enough to me. So it's just been like a lot. And like just thinking about the girl from the show and uh, looking at the comments of people bashing her because her dad did this and all that it's just like crazy how people were calling her gold digger and it's like damn like you know it's some black people out there that actually grew like in inherited wealth not right. ab- all black people grew up like without money or whatever it's black people from all walks of life like I just don't feel like we should judge black women based off of their expectations based off of how they were raised like it's crazy like if you can't meet that girl's expectations or you can't meet her standards and maybe she's not for you. And maybe sh- it is what it is. It's a tons of women out there that believe, have your same beliefs that are for you. So just move on and date a different girl. Don't bash her and call her every name but a child of God, child. And, they be doing that shit, child.
0: Right. And I think that that goes back to some of the points that I mentioned earlier about traumas, reflecting on some of the things that you've seen in your own scope. Maybe you never met anybody like that that came from generational wealth and their family set them up in such a way. And so, yeah, you can't. This is how someone else was raised. So it's just like you can't project because that's not how you were. And so, you know, having enough self-awareness and having enough emotional intelligence to be like okay yeah this person was raised differently than me so naturally they're going to have a different experience and a different perspective with it and
1: so but you know what also what gets me is that you know when we talk about gender roles a lot of these generals i feel like you know well i know it's, it's quite obvious a lot of this stuff comes from religious beliefs right it had you know from the bible from whatever people religions they all have similar structures where you know woman did
0: this and man girl did this, people want right? to be non-binary now they want to be referred to as he she they i don't i mean whatever people want whatever they feel like they believe in. but maybe that's why we got some confusion with the gender roles no no i don't think that's
1: the case i mm. think that the thing is a lot of people out here they use They use these different religious scriptures and they don't have the same religion. Like you can't say, Oh, well, women have to do this and women need to do that if you don't have any religion. If you don't go to any type of, you know, church or, you know, mosque, none of that shit or Is pray to anything or meditate to anyone. If you don't have that, because I meet so many dudes in New York City where they're like, I don't go to church. I don't believe it. They just give you their fucking opinion.
0: They don't have no idea of sexuality.
1: Yeah. So how can you believe that woman is supposed to do this? Where are you getting that from? Like who told you this is what the devil do? Like, child, it's like they're it's like they contradict themselves. It makes no sense to me. Like that's how I feel like a lot of people are just a hot ass mess.
0: And they listen. to kevin samuels and whatever else they can listen to online for sure okay so we've talked about that well you brought this up so, so yes. recently Sheree from Real Housewives of Atlanta got into it with uh, Olympian she from Texas too I think no, she's, she Jamaican. she's Jamaican She Jamaican she
1: went to UT though sis she okay. went to UT
0: <laughs> Sonia Richards Roth.
1: she's a Grits and a Jamaican yes. shout out to my Jamaicans out there shout out to her so recently Sonia it was an interview with her and Sheree, and she kind of like went off on Sheree about you know her boyfriend not paying for a group date and she was just like well you know my husband when we go out and you know, there are rich people child so like my husband he pays for everybody for like birthdays and stuff that's at the dinner you know why his boyfriend is trying to go Dutch and trying to do 50 50 and try to tell everybody to make their own you know payments for your birthday and then they was just going back and forth and he was she was like well you know we're not serious but she was just like well I just feel like he's a man and he should do that. So, what's your thoughts on Splitting Dutch? Because I know that a lot of podcasters be talking about this shit. They be wanting women to go 50 50 child on houses, on rent on dates. So what's your thought?
0: Well, my thoughts on she, Sheree, who can't pay. No, I'm just being silly. That's what one of the girls said on the show. Well, how do I feel about this man, Martel, who she is just making public appearances with? How do I feel about him not picking up the check? Hmm. Well, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I personally don't think he was required to pick up the check on all those highfalutin-ass women. That's... Oh, child. I, that's me personally. Oh, First of all, I don't I don't know why Sheree wants this dude, his arm candy on her. I mean, he's attractive, but he got kids. And he he just went through a divorce. So if she wants to attach herself to him and then she, you know, if she don't have no shame about him not picking up the group's dinner tab. And if he just picked up her tab, obviously that was good enough for her.
1: Girl, I just have a different take on it. I
0: feel like... She as, shouldn't be dating him to begin with,
1: but that's something totally different. I feel like they celebrities, child. They, they got money. And I just feel like maybe he don't have money because he got all his damn kids. Mm-hmm. He got the side baby child. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's a gentleman thing to do. Like, if that's your nigga, it's show birthday. Who said he
0: was a gentleman?
1: I I'm just, I feel like that's what niggas should do. Like, you know, you pay for the t- Especially if you got money. I can see if you don't have no money. Or whatever, you you know, you struggling, shit, you young or whatever. But if you got money, like I don't we understand, don't have you no money pay for the tab. Like when my dad, like maybe I'm just a child, y'all. The viewers listeners probably like, girl, this girl and they so, not
0: married, like that don't mean shit. He ain't got no money, Tasha.
1: I'm Girl, I could have had homeboys, had all types of people that just paid for the fucking tab. Like, it's not that serious. Maybe they was really spending some money, child. But I'm like, you are rich. You on a reality TV show. Like, y'all are in a different tax bracket from my ass. I don't know why you can't pay for your girl's
0: dinner. Maybe they was getting lamb chops and lobsters on one. I don't know, Tasha. But what I'm simply saying is, Sonya was right. Her husband, he should pick up the tab. That's not her husband. He he just got out of a messy marriage with somebody else. leave that man alone. So do I feel like? I mean, yeah, I guess it is like a little janky, and he is on a TV show, but that that's not her real man. So I'm I'm not gonna hold that against him. If that's if that was her husband, that's something. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like him. Okay. So what's your thoughts on splitting bills,
1: child? What's just your in thoughts? General? My thoughts on splitting bills. So you know what? I got a couple of story times, child. So. I had a a guy... Literally tell me off. This is a dude that I used to mess around with. It wasn't a dude I used to date. It wasn't that serious. So we kind of became friends because I didn't want to pursue anything with the dude. So this dude literally went off on me because we had a subject about, oh, paying for a house in New York City. So I said, okay, well, I'm fine with paying for the other bills, the small bills. I just want my man to pay for the mortgage. So he was just like, oh, well, you know, I prefer the woman paying the small bills and then the rest of her check goes towards the savings i'm like nigga why can't we both put money towards the savings right so this dude like he went off on my ass and was talking shit about me all because of my views and that's just because that's what i was raised up in
0: Mm. Okay, so that's when you are talking about the 50-50. Well, I mm-hmm. definitely dated a man here. And I feel like it's only in New York City where they really be vocal because they really be trying to test you. And they just really be wanting to argue with you, I see. They just, <laughs> they not, they don't got a soothing energy. You know, it's like real combative. Anyway, the man, he definitely was of that 50-50 mindset. And this same man, now he, he did, he grew up in a two-parent household. And so, you know, I feel like it, It's that that negative rhetoric too that he's dealing with in this day and age like if a woman is like well yeah I don't I, I don't think that we should be doing things 50-50 down the middle because our efforts are never gonna be 50-50 like just just take that at face value you're not gonna rear children you're not gonna do X, Y, Z you're, you're just not you know so if we wanna get into the nuts and bolts of things okay but that same man that you know was really having this 50-50 conversation like shit should be split and it's not like This this dude he had his resources. So again, sometimes dudes just be trying to gauge you to kind of see where you at. But it's definitely not going to be a a complimentary energy if you over here trying to test me. But anyway, this same guy asked me later, like, what I brought to the table, which is already, you know, for me, lame. He corny, child. Like, why did you decide to pursue me? Okay, all right. And so these are the things. So that same guy, corny. Right, but and I feel like I'm not gonna say I never met no corny Southern dude because that's not true. But I meet a lot of corny East Coast dudes, like, and I just I thought they was gonna be a little bit more expensive, child, out here, child. They
1: expensive. They be struggling. They 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 be having a pride and a ego, child. They don't want to tell woman, hey,
0: I really don't have no money, child. Right, and you know what, you're right. They do it in different ways. They be like, surprise. I'm angry. And, they, and, and then they want you to figure out, well, what's going on? Then they'd be like, hey, this shit happened. Can you help me out? I ain't never in my fucking life. I don't even feel comfortable. I, you know, I feel like I got almost PTSD from something like recently. And I say that because I kind of feel like New York City dudes are a little bit entitled here. Somebody asked me for something recently. And I mean, I'm... Not just coming at my face to ask for certain things. So it's just like interesting. What he asked, child? What he asked for? I'm a basic. He, he wanted me to treat him, and it's nothing wrong with the woman deciding to treat her man if that's her man. But if you're not my man, you asking me that's some it, sassy ass. shit. So,
1: wait, how long was y'all dating for him to ask you to treat him? Probably two months. Okay, that's some you know, it's crazy because you know, niggas be out here, they be mad when girls be like, okay, oh, cash at me, something like, to get oh, my, hair done. my
0: light bill. And niggas, meanwhile, surprised they out here doing the same shit.
1: You don't have no damn money then, child. Cause I ain't never had a band ever in my life be like, oh, take me out to dinner, child. That's that new shit. That's he the same say, shit happened to my to home. But still, treat them. That's the same shit that happened. Well, it kind of happened to my homegirl when she was on a date recently. This dude was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to go Dutch. You pay for yourself. I pay for myself. She was like, nigga, I don't do this shit. That's
0: why a thing. It was my first date. And a nigga was like, oh, well, you make more money than me. And she was like, this is exactly why we don't need Today. See, and that's what I'll be saying. Like the niggas in New York City, they be having some type of entitlement. It's like nigga, what? Like I, I don't, I don't give a fuck about what you heard, but they, they literally have some type of entitlement. And I say that because at home, I feel like I'm not saying that you can never treat a guy because you can't. It's nothing wrong with that. But just like you are talking about your girl where he told her when the tab came out, we're splitting this shit down the middle. It's just like here, these niggas here, they want me to pick up my wallet. They want me to touch my wallet. Whereas if I were home, niggas would be like, don't touch your wallet. The thing is they up there living home with their
1: mama, their daddy. I'm like, damn, I'm living by myself. And you want me to pick up the tab for your ass up with your
0: fucking parents, nigga? Your so broke ass. I well, mean, listen, I don't
1: live with my they parents. They be on that shit, child. Here they, they they and- got...
0: And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But my thing is, I'm dealing with shit me by my my lonesome. I'm dealing with the same shit and I'm holding it down. If I'm not asking you to do XYZ, you shouldn't feel comfortable coming after a fucking face. And and listen, I'm all about creating safe spaces for one another. But some shit, we take it too far, and we gotta have some type of some boundaries, some some limits. limits. Ain't ain't no no sugar sugar mama mama child. child. And lastly, like when it comes to paying for dates or 50, 50, like in a relationship, my thoughts on that are if we're splitting stuff down the line, I guess in that same argument, me and Guy had, I'd rather have a roommate. And I know that's going to sound like weird because I, I believe in partnerships. That's what I believe in. And so when we say a partnership, sometimes a partnership is not 50, 50 in, in every area, in every aspect all right. But I'm just simply saying if if I'm with a man and that's the mindset, like how the other dude was like, oh, well, uh, you know, what are you bringing to the table? And you thinking that you throwing your weight, telling me that, hey, if I'm trying to be at your table, that I'm going to come meet you financially here. Goodbye. If we're not in a position to add and enhance to one another, again, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritually, whether whatever, that's enrichment. It ain't it. Um, so priorities, um those those would be the priorities for me. Like if if you're like set on that, like I just feel like there are bigger fish to fry and just more ways that we can constructively work together.
1: Yeah. To each his own child. Like, you know, there's some people out there, they're OK with 50 50. My thing is I'm not OK with 50 50. So don't bash me. Find a woman that's for you. It's tons of women out there that's that's okay with splitting bills, splitting and, rent. And they kill it is what me. It is. They act like they can sit sugar up- mamas out there too, child. It's
0: sugar mamas, sugar daddies, but it kills me when people will have this 50-50 talk. Like, can you put yourself on the operation table and bear a child? Can you put your life on the line and at risk? I mean, it's just, I'm, and I'm not saying that. We get a, we we put an S on our chest because of that. But I'm just simply saying that, you know, in the scheme of things, it takes both parties to make things work. But women, we are are a big part of the glue that makes it all
1: come together. You know, this guy that I've been talking to, He was talking about the whole 50-50 thing in terms of, he was saying how back in the day, you know, black men and black women, they both worked, they both paid the bills. And he was saying how they put their money together. So he feels like when women that are nowadays are like, oh no, they want the man to pay all the bills. He felt like it's something new. Like he was talking about how, you know, like our grandparents' generation, when they were like cleaning up white folks' house and being maids and all that stuff, they were getting that money, and then the black man was out there working wherever, however he was working. They were just putting their money together equally to help take care of the family.
0: Right. They didn't they didn't even have enough money even then to make ends meet. They were just we were just struggling to survive at the time. And so now it is a different age in a different space, even with the the playing field changing, there there are some ways that we can collaborate and come together and figure out the best way to build our wealth and finances together. And we shouldn't be afraid of that, and we shouldn't be ashamed of that. But I, me personally, I just can't have a man just you know coming from it from the well. What do you bring? And da 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 da. Like, hey, if you got a game plan, you got a strategy for how you want us. To go about our finances, how you want us to plan for the future, plan for retirement, do all these things, and you got the game plan for that, and you are capable of leading? Well, hey, I'm all on board, but if you're just somebody just telling me something because of societal pressures, and you feel like women this day and age, they're not pulling their weight, is it we're pulling our weight or we're not? Are we the most educated are we are we starting the most businesses or are we not? Are we gold diggers? Which one is it? Well, what do you think about the man that be like, well, y'all
1: making more money than us. Y'all should be paying uh, 50-50. We up there struggling.
0: This is what I'm going to say, even with that. You can't dress it up like this. Listen, if you don't have no real game plan, and if that is the case, if I'm the breadwinner, this is why gender roles are important. As a woman, I don't want to be leading you. There are going to be some some things where I will lift you up. Before we go to the next topic throughout the week, I
1: vendor, right? I literally have been vendoring in the heat by myself with no help from a man, right? So if I'm doing all this work as a woman by myself, I expect my man to be on the same page as me. I I expect for him to have the same hunger, the same drive, the same hustle. And in the words of Whitley, Remember the show back in the day, Whitley and Dwayne? hmm She said when he asked her, uh, you know, was she date a broke man or a poor man? She said, nah, like, because the man that she going to be with is never going to be poor. Like, and that's some real deep shit. Like in terms of she was saying, basically a man that is, has that drive and ambition, he would never be broke. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel because I have that drive and ambition. But going to the next topic... So, you know, with the podcasters, like we've been hearing a lot of these podcasters talk about masculinity and femininity, which has been kind of annoying. And it was all created, I feel like, by the late Kevin Samuels. R.I.P. Kevin Samuels. So like this weekend, I was at a bar and I give a story time, Tasha story time, child. So I'm at a bar, you know, and this guy sees me and my homegirl and he's like, what y'all want to drink? Y'all are beautiful. Y'all my look life. thirsty, child. So he gets us a drink. And he starts chatting up with us, and then the man starts asking us about our dating life. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm up telling him about my dating life. I didn't tell him the bad yet, child. She ain't telling the bad. But then this man literally says, "Oh, you know, you too old for a sugar daddy." Oh,
0: I was like, "What the hell?" He this coming a- from? shamed you. Girl, he child- did a switch bait on your ass. He he brought y'all around your drinks. <laughs>
1: This nigga was like, I feel like he was in his, he, I think he was in his 40s, like mid-40s. Who the fuck are you? Like, nigga, who the fuck are you to be telling me I can't have a damn sugar daddy at my damn age?
0: I still look good. Niggas, be, I, they love to tell you like, oh, well, you ain't no spring chicken. nigga. spring chicken, these nuts. I'm like, you
1: up there trying to holler at me or my homegirl. Maybe both of us can, you know, niggas these days, they on that freaky shit. Trying to get a twofer child and then he starts talking to us about Kevin Samuels child we like lord Jesus child (laughs) that's a way to get my vagina to dry up completely right and he's talking about Kevin Samuels was speaking the truth to y'all so me and my homegirl is about to read this nigga right at this point because that nigga he bought y'all a drink to kind of like loosen y'all up but just to just like go in on y'all I kind of this was the most random ass (laughs) conversation child and he talks about how niggas that make six figures are the rudest and the most toxic nigga and I'm like nigga I disagree cause I date a lot of niggas that make six figures and they're good I date a lot of good black men out there like my worst experiences me personally has been with men that don't make money because I feel like they be up there stressed the fuck on outs, and, and they shit. stress you out taking their anger out on me cause they don't have no damn money child so this nigga up there talking all this shit and then he goes on to tell us that the problem with you not having, well, with me not having a husband, it's because
0: I'm masculine, child. It's like, y'all, black women I'm masculine. Well, honey, well, let me know when I could become a baby doll or a doll baby because, shit, what do they want? First of all is we make too much money now, so we should be taking over the household expenses. And now it's we're too masculine because y'all are making us go into our pocketbook And and take care of the lion's share of the household. And then you Uh, mad at us because now we're not sensitive and now we're not being feminine. Now we don't want to go put on lingerie and make no dinner for your ass because I'm paying all the fucking bills.
1: Yeah. We ain't doing (laughs) 50-50. I'm asking him I'm like nigga what makes these women masculine he was like well I don't really have an example but you know in okay. New York <laughs> the females they always going off and shit
0: like that bruh that and is I not- understand why because these niggas don't do shit these niggas don't help them carry no groceries up flights of stairs they don't help them go to the laundry mat. man these wild fucking slaves. Like, I ain't even gonna lie uh-huh. M- remember last week
1: when I was vending I had this 10 foot 10 tent I was going out the door mm-hmm. and this man he had groceries in his hand but I'm, I'm struggling carrying this heavy-ass tent. Why this nigga wanted me to open the door for his ass? I'm like, nigga, I'm the lady, open the door for me. So I end up opening the door because I need to go out this door anyway for myself and, if, and end up being for him too. I was like looking like this nigga's a bad bitch. But I'm not saying all New
0: Yorker niggas like that, but a lot of y'all are. I'm just going to be real. They not all like that because I, I done met some solid... Ass dudes here. Now, whether no, ro- ro- whether romantically I've dealt with them, that's t- something totally different. But I have friends that are just solid dudes. So you they're should not. They're damn friends, child. But hey. No, see, cause you done did this before. Mm. Uh, don't don't throw shade over here. Why you don't date none of your friends? That my live friends here? got girlfriends. That You can call and my them. friends
1: up here. Got five baby mamas. But he, my well, home he boys, don't have no they, some, they some on some. He got baby shit. mamas. He don't have a girlfriend. I'm not dating a nigga with five <laughs> baby mamas. I'm sorry, sis. He don't have that that special one. So anyway, what's your thoughts on masculinity and femininity? And like, what do you think about when men call you masculine? Like, how does that make you feel?
0: I don't know if I'm just getting called masculine, but you know what? There are probably some areas that show up. And I I do think it is because I was raised by a man, even just being expressive sometimes. Now, when if women are getting put as masculine and then we're casting these dudes as feminine i feel like ultimately we're not creating a safe space anymore to where i feel comfortable being a woman being soft being having some vulnerability because i feel like i gotta hold my cards to the vest close i just feel like i can't show no emotion and i feel like Right now in this day and age, like I said, even earlier, even though we're more accessible than ever, I just feel like there's such a disconnect. We're not creating these safe spaces. We're talking about it, you know, amongst each other and on podcasts in these different forums, but we're not doing the work inside of our homes or just, you know, individually. I want to get better with that, but I know that I'm, I'm extremely feminine. But there are things, again, being that I was raised by men, I don't always wear my emotions on my sleeve. Mm. And sometimes when I do and it's not reciprocated in the way that I, going back to the attachment issues, then I'll pull back in a way to where it's like you never received that from me. And it will feel like night and day when when we got our guards up. If there's something in, in the person I'm interacting with that's making that ire or bringing that energy then you gotta it's the interaction with the people
1: I feel like in New York you know, as southern women we kind of get a little bit of niggas don't really call us masculine like that up here but as soon as I meet a dude from New York they just go to going awful about New York women and calling them masculine and being like they act like niggas and I don't even think that's the case I think that the fact is that like my dating experiences living in new york i don't feel like a lot of men that i've dated they're like masculine in terms of southern man like Maybe southern they man didn't
0: have their daddy grown up with them but it's it not crazy. just not my having mom.
1: your daddy it's not about having a daddy it's about basic ass shit like i dated a dude before i remember one time i needed him to come over and help me put something like pin something at the top of the the window and he was like six three he was taller than me this man type of oh I don't do stuff like that I hire people like I don't know about stuff like I'm like sir it's me like you ain't helping the girl that you about to date and then I had another nigga where you know I didn't it was a fuse box and my lights went off on one side of the, the house I didn't know how to like cut the lights back on I'm trying to figure the shit out and this New York nigga was like oh I don't know like literally he wasn't even trying to help I'm just used to Southern men I taking feel, initiative, yeah. always trying to be like the helpers. And I feel like a lot of New York women, and this is maybe bad for me to say, they're not used to New York men helping them. No, like that. they're not. And I
0: have to realize that they some, help themselves, child. These I, girls are like, they have no other And they, for, they forget. It's like they like gloss over it because it's so culturally and ingrained into what they got going on so you don't even know that it's, it's a disconnect that you're in a deficit that you're not receiving something that somebody else receives so uh, naturally and normally and you're absolutely right that's exactly kind of how it is I even going back to my example earlier you know I was raised by a man so I know what it is for somebody that don't give excuses and just got to get it done You know what I'm saying? Like can help you fix shit. So these men that, you know, they can't help you think your way out of a paper bag. You know, you you wouldn't rely upon them to lead you or you 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 wouldn't feel comfortable with them leading you. It's more so (laughs) the thought behind it. So, yeah, like New York, especially you feel it pronounced. And Mm. now that you say that. And then they call they call these women masculine. they are like, oh,
1: women are these women just like niggas? And they only say that because the That's- women are dating multiple men because they don't want to get hurt. They are doing the same thing that, that niggas are doing. Like a lot of dudes in New York, they date all these women, like multiple women. I don't think that dating multiple men
0: they trying is to get masculine. some they trying to get some use out of these dudes. They are trying to figure out well, who will change attire? tire? Who will do X Y Z? Because a lot of you dudes is too prissy, like. Y'all don't know how to do anything. Mm, I know true. how to change a tire. Well, I don't. You know how to change a tire? My dad taught me a long I time. I don't know about, how to, girl. I don't know how to change one girl. So one day so, I learn. Teach me, girl. So me. I now it, I ain't had a car in a minute. So I but I do remember, and it's funny because long many years ago, I was riding back from college five and a half hours away. I had a blowout in going to Lubbock. And if you ever been to Lubbock it's nothing but red dirt and tumbleweeds and shit out there. And it's funny because a guy that I knew from school, black guy, he saw me, we were kind of coming home at the same time. He saw me have a blowout and I must have been going like 80, 90 at the you know cuz I'm we're on a highway, so it's high speeds. And luckily by the grace of God, you know, I the car just kind of stopped and I was able to get it to the side of the road, but he pulled off the side of the road he stayed with me for hours while we waited for the tow guy to come. And then I ended up following him with a donut on my car a whole in, king, in the rain. And we, you know, it was late at night and we're driving through West Texas. But, you know, those things just stick out to me because that's something that my dad would do. But that's just normal for, you know, some of our counterparts. I'm not saying that, you know, that's across the board, but that's the energy i'm
1: used to me too girl new york niggas would never try i don't care i I don't think i would ever see in my lifetime here in new york child they'll be gone child with a quickness
0: no like i said i ain't i'm not gonna even hold you i met some solid dudes here they will do that shit i don't know you pause and see listen i don't know but i i know a few good dudes where i know their character and i i would feel comfortable feeling like all right And it's only, it's less than a handful. So it's okay. It's like two or three people.
1: But going back to the topic with the masculine, you know, just from my perspective, I don't like how Black men, they call women masculine. You know, we have been stereotyped since the beginning of time. And still today, like white people be like, oh, they're manly, they're masculine. And that's been used as a form of racism against us. So it's kind of like weird that our own Black men I'm not saying all of them use it, but it's like, bruh, like you gotta know that racist people have been calling us masculine. That's that and y'all may- are doing the same shit That's against that- your own fucking woman. Like it's dumb as fuck to me
0: personally. It, it's called a Mamie mentality. It's like the white people was like, oh, you know, she could take care of our children. She's, you know, she's resilient. She's tough. She's rough. And, and now the black men and the rest of our society, have adapted these same types like, of damn, mindset. Like, don't have It's like
1: you looking at what white people are saying about us and doing the same shit. Like, come on
0: now. And I think- Stop that, using that shit. Stop using that. And I think that that is the premise of the debate and some of the, the rhetoric that's been going on. Like, listen, people have been trying to fight us and tear us down uh, from the outside for a long ass time. We don't need to help that. If anything, we need to heal that- And I think the takeaway for me, just even in just kind of hearing our discussion tonight is we got to start creating more safe spaces for one another to feel vulnerable, to, you know, be our feminine selves, to be our step into our masculinity, all that. And in addition, you know, aside from us just going on to these public networks to voice our opinions and, 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 you know, and maybe it's based on something and maybe it's not. But let's make sure that we are intentionally doing the work on ourselves so that we can be change agents and are given accurate information out. That's going to enrich our communities. So lastly, I feel like Black women, we have a lot of
1: support. We have a lot of groups that can help build us up. I feel like our Black men don't really have that, you know, at the same time. We got Black Girl Magic. We got all this stuff empowerment for Black women. But, you know, I wish that Black men had the same thing for themselves. You know, the discussions that they can have among each other and not just with Black women and bashing Black women. They got Black boy joy discussion, But they don't have the same that, you know, us Black women. We have way more mentors and and mentor groups. I was a mentor towards like an inner city community out here in Brooklyn. It was more women um, being mentors than Black men, right? So what does that say? That said that we need more. We need more Black men helping the youth out, you know, being a part of their communities and building up their communities, even helping each other, like being more vocal with each other about love. And like, your we voice don't need to be in those conversations. I don't feel like Black women need to be in those conversations with Black men. I feel like they need to have their own conversations with each other on yeah. love and, and, and trying to be better people. We have our own conversations as well. And I feel like when we have our own each conversations, we will be able to be better as a unit, we can, with black women, we hold each other accountable. Black men, y'all hold each other accountable. Do the work individually so that we can do the work collectively. Right. Yeah. So that's going to take us to our grits pick of the week. So, you know, lately, you know, everybody's been watching a Barbie mu- movie. Everybody's been going out looking cute and made Barbie fits this week or last week. They earned over $561 million in the U.S. Yeesh. box office, right?
0: That's a lot of money.
1: Right, they spend and, a lot
0: of money on marketing, so
1: shit. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to them. So you know, I want to give a special shout out, and a lot of us don't know that the first Black Barbie was designed by Grits, right? Oh, a Grits out of South Carolina.
0: Okay, I, I never heard of this part of South Carolina. Spartanburg is that how you say it, Drea G? Is yeah. Have you ever heard of Sweetwater in Texas? Yeah, why? It's called Sweetwater, Texas. So Spartanburg, South Carolina. How, what's the correlation, child? What's the I'm correlation? just simply saying, like, get some towns in Texas. I don't.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> shout out. So her name is Kitty Perkin. So she designed the first Black Barbie in the 70s. She started off as an American fashion designer. So, um, she was designing for Barbie. So her career was kind of interesting. It's like a lot of us grits, you know, like me and you, Drea. So she went to school, grew up in South Carolina, and then she decided that she wanted to go in fashion. So she moved all the way to the big city of L.A. Oh, Lord. OK, well, not New York. OK, yeah, but ahead. you know, L.A. is still a big city, second <laughs> biggest city. So as she was in L.A., she got her fashion degree and she worked in the, like, fashion for a while. And then she saw an ad for the name <laughs> child, Mattel. Right. So she saw an ad. So she went to a job interview and she had no idea. Like she never bought a bar Barbie doll ever in her life so mm-hmm. she bought a barbie just for the interview for she can like okay this is what i need to design and you know educate herself on the barbie so she was hired and after that she started designing like different clothes and stuff for barbie and then she um designed for the first black barbie ever so as of right now mattel They donated a Barbie that she designed in the South Carolina State Museum. So I just want to give a shout out to her because not a lot of people know that, you know,
0: Grits helped Mm. out design the first black Barbie. Yeah. Give her her flowers. And what was her name again? It's Kitty Perkin. Nice. All right. So that's going to leave it up to me to take it out. And my gem of the week is, you know, we... We got a little bit lengthy tonight, kind of going into this, this you know, feminine versus masculine uh, rhetoric, uh, but I am going to leave us on a gem that I said actually earlier in the episode, and I think that it rings true, and that is if we're not unified in our homes, there can be no unification in our communities, and so I think that a lot of what we see outside just like with anything, it starts at home. It starts with us as individuals, and then you know we can go on to make the world, our jobs, our workplaces, our families a better place. So um let's let's work on having some more unity within ourselves and uh, amongst our community. Right, unity. Unity. That's for unity. And on that note. peace Peace. tune in next week to hear the convo and want to ask the grits a question or get advice inbox us at grits in the city podcast at gmail.com and stream us on all major platforms all right make sure you go check us out all streaming platforms apple a podcast spotify soundcloud podbean youtube uh, Gritson and City You can visit us and check out our episodes and our website content there. All right, y'all, stay tuned. Woo. <laughs>